adorable boy, Siples. Yes, and thank you for joining us on this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. We are so happy to have you here. We love each and every one of our Adorable Boy Siples, who number in the millions and millions. I am your fearless leader, Spud Adorableski. Got my producer, Frank and Beans, behind the glass. A chipper, Frank and Beans, today. And we'll get into that. But thank you, again. I must, I can't say enough. Thank you for coming here to get the entertainment that you need. The entertainment that you definitely deserve. And yes, you deserve quality. Podcasting entertainment, and we give it to you. And we fight those who would use podcasting for their own nefarious goals. That's what we do. All right, let's get to the big news of the week. Yes, if you're an Adorable Boy fan, you know that we have been searching for a a program director, a PD, to kind of handle administrative things, to handle legal things, to free us up to be more creative. And my producer, Frankenbeans, he was not too happy about this. I guess he felt like it would take away some of his clout in the organization, which he really has none because he can't even figure out how to use a microphone. But anyway... Um, He's happy because we have found, yes, the Adorable Boy Podcast has found a a PD. Yes. Thank you for the applause. Wonderful. Yes, we love you. Yeah. All right. You're hearing the crowd we have out on the bleachers outside. Um, And they're really happy. I had to turn the mic down. They're still clapping. It's amazing. The, The enthusiasm for this podcast is amazing. But anyway... Yes, we have found him. He cannot come on the air this week. Uh, our new program director. His name is Tom. I can tell you that. He's a legend in the business. He has dealt with other um, famous shock jocks. Not on our level, obviously, but there is none on our level. So there, yeah. The Adorable Boys, we have found our PD, and we are so happy and excited about it. We'll have him on as soon as we get the legal stuff, the contract signed and all that. He will be on the show to greet you. Yep. Oh, They're going again. Yep, thank you guys. We appreciate it. We got a show to do, though. We can't have you applauding the whole time. All right. So with that being said, Frank and Beans is happy. We're happy. We're going to bring back... It, it's going to be the heyday of Shock Jock podcasting. I was going to say radio, but we're podcasters now. We're going to have things... You know, we might bring back one of our old benchmark bits, the uh, Take Them Out Tuesdays, T-O-T. Uh, what else? We're going to have games. We have a game plan for today. You're going to love it. We're going to have people call up. we got the phone banks full already. They're going to call up to win an Adorable Boy prize pack. It's going to be great. You're going you're gonna to really appreciate the difference. I mean, and we're already at the top of the podcast heap right now with this PD on board. We're going even further. We're going into the stratosphere. Possibly even into the mesosphere or the exosphere. That's where we're going. It's nowhere but up for, from here for the Adorable Boy podcast. However... We must get into the business at hand that every single week, every single week, we fight those who would use podcasting, as I said earlier, for nefarious reasons, who would use podcasting for their own personal gain. Of course, you know we're talking about cow towers. We, we, we do not like cow towers. We are fighting them every week. And there is one king cow tower who we give our attention to every week because we cannot let him go on kowtowing. We can't and we won't. So this week, as all weeks, let's get into the thing that, that takes down this specific kowtower and all other kowtowers who feed off him. The king kowtower, Jim Cornette. 
The boys will win the fight. Corner kowtows in the night. I remember Cornetober this day. Cornet goes down. Adorable boys will take the crown. I remember Cornetober. Yes, it is Cornetober. Where we battle him, the cow tower, Jim Cornette. We have a lot to get to here. He did a lot of cow towing this week, as all weeks, and we're about to um, shame him for it, which is the best word, because it is shameful what he does with his podcast. Okay, now we got the first clip of the Cornette podcast where he cow towels. Let's play it and let's uh, let's let's let him bury himself. Okay, here it is: a clip from Jim Cornette's cow towing podcast. Fans that are listening to the podcast now that were big, uh, you know, big band and swing music fans in World War II will will remember that the the Andrews sisters, Patty, Maxine, and Laverne, one of them was cute, one of them was in the middle, and one of them was the unfortunate sister. You're really in touch with your uh, your audience there, Jim. They came for a wrestling podcast, and you're talking about the Andrews sisters, who I mean, I think are from the 30s, maybe even the 20s. Or the 40s, but definitely almost 100 years ago, Jim. And you're talking about the Andrews sisters on your wrestling podcast in 2022. You got nothing, Jim. I guess you're trying to appear to appeal to older audiences because the adorable boys are taking a chunk out of your audience. Because people are becoming conscious of the kowtowing, Jim. But guess what? Those older Americans are also adorable boy disciples. Adorable boy disciples appeal to every race, gender, creed, color, and age. You're not going to get any of them because we're going to stop you. We're going to wake up the world to your kowtowing. And that's what we've been doing. Nice try, Jim, but it's not going to work. All right, here's the next one. Um, Jim tells a great story. This is the title of the, uh, the clip here that Frank and Beans made. Jim tells a great story, and you know that because every story about in-laws is very entertaining. So here we go. Uh, Stacy's sister and her husband are ca- came out from California to to this area of the country. I'm not going to narrow down exactly where I was and where we went because I want the speculation to run rampant. Let the let the speculation begin. The Cornette sightings. I knew that was him at that car wash in Cleveland, Tennessee. It was Pikeville. Do you know that s- people are still, and it's been years. There is some. Fat faced. I uh, that was it. I couldn't deal with any more. I, I cut it off. What a scintillating story about in-laws and gas stations on your podcast. Good thing your co-host cleared it up there and told you what it was Pikeville. As if anyone cares. This is this isn't even cowtown. This is just boring. You you, you got to do better than this, Jim. No one no one wants to hear any of this. It's ridiculous. All right, more boring story from Jim Coronet. And we decided to uh, take our little baby Harley Quinn over to her godparents and leave her for a couple of days. And we went down, well, and now <laughs> down and implicates, or implicates that it's uh, in the south of here, but it was within a three-hour drive. And we stayed overnight in a hotel, and I actually ate in two different restaurants. Two different restaurants. Whoa. What an entertaining story. Can you believe this guy ate in two different restaurants on a weekend? That's amazing. I've never heard someone to call the papers. 
Sorry about my snoring, though. I must have fallen asleep during his, uh, his wonderful story. Oh, boy. This is a wrestling podcast. Remember that. What does anyone care if you ate in restaurants, Jim? People eat in restaurants every day. You're acting like it's this big thing. Oh, man. Jimbo, Jimbo, Jimbo. You don't know this, but I'm trying to help you. I really am. All right, next one. Even Cornette's wife needs to tune his kowtowing out. So I read and I, I start nodding off. And Stacy's got the earbuds in and she's starting to nod off. And God damn it. I said, okay, I'm going to turn the light off. Nice language there, there Jim. I must, I must also mention the clock in the room. You know me and having to know what time it is. Right? All right. Now, can you, can you blame his wife for tuning him out when he's about to go off on a tangent about a clock? I can't even. I can't even. That's the thing about this. I can't even. I know I say that a lot about Jim. But even his wife needs it. I mean, I wish I wish I could tune him out, but I can't. You know why? Because I have to fight this battle. I have to. For you. For the world. To end kowtowing. In all its forms. But even his wife. I mean... She has to say, okay, Jim, I get it, and put in her earbuds so she can get to sleep. Because she's probably had an entire day full of kowtowing, an entire life, marriage full of kowtowing. Oh, Jim. When will you ever learn, Jim? When will you ever learn? All right, here's the last one, the last uh, full clip. And it's Jim talking about a problem that I've never seen anyone face recently or in a, in a, maybe forever. But here we go. Jim Cornette and his kowtowing. But he, has anybody not learned any common courtesy? It's not necessary to go about living your life and going to restaurants and shopping or whatever you want to do to in a hotel lobby or stand in line at a restaurant or a gas station or whatever to just walk up on strangers that are not in your group and just breathe down their neck. Didn't I thought we would have at least learned to respect each other's personal area I don't I mean I, I don't know anyone who's walking up on me and breathing on me that almost never happens to me especially someone I don't know I don't know what he's talking about what probably happened here is he needed a story for his podcast so he made that one up talking about how people are going and breathing on him no one walks I mean really within six feet of me really or at least like three or two you know what it, it, people keep an appropriate distance away from me I haven't had a problem with people getting too close to me. And I'm a, I'm a celebrity shock jock. So people want to be close to me. But they've been respecting that. Now, I don't know why anyone would want to be close to him. He's a, he's a kowtow. It emanates from him. It oozes out of his pores. So I, I think, uh, I don't know where this, these people are who are coming up on you and breathing on you are, Jim. But maybe you're making it up. Kowtower. And I can't handle it anymore, Jim. And that's why that's got to be the last clip. I have a few more, but I'm not going to play them. I, I think I've sufficiently shown a light on your kowtowing for this week, Jim. We have one more part, and this seems to be a, you know, everyone loves this part. It's where I mishmash, if I can use that word, mishmash. There we go. Said it right that time. Um, a bunch of just idiocy from his podcast and just play them. And we all have fun and there's laughs and there's, you know, everyone loves it. So here we go. The, the potpourri of cornet nonsense that I like to play every week. Fire! Fire! 
enzymes. Percy Pointer, Paula Pointer, Paula Poundstone, Fred Gwynn. Now I'm sweating. I love eating in restaurants. Moist parts of my eyeballs and all the sweat around my neck. The clock in the room is dead. Big, ugly, droopy-faced dog. Bodily functions. You don't know where that floor has been. Head coming out of a toilet. All right, there we go. This week's Cornetober is finally done and we can get on to normal business. The business of podcasting that you all love. What we like to do, how we entertain. But first, as usual, we must cleanse our palate from the greediness of the cornet kowtowing. And how do we do that, you may ask, if you're new? Well, there's only one way to do it, and it is to, it is to be inspired by humanity. And to be inspired by humanity, I usually only turn to one man. A man I like to call John Cena. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. It will inspire you. He will inspire you because he's John Cena. And this is his inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena will inspire you with his tweets. Yes, as always. We are to be inspired this week by Mr. John Cena to rescue, help rescue us from the kowtowing, to cleanse our palates. Yes. Okay, here it is. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. We will read it and then analyze it. Here we go. Spend less time proving yourself to others and more time being yourself. Others will eventually understand. What a, what great, a lot of times we want to prove who we are to other people, but it doesn't really matter what necessarily what they think of us as long as we're being true to ourselves, And I think that's what John is saying here in his wisdom. He's saying, be yourself, do what you want to do, follow your dreams and goals, be true to yourself, as I said. And as you do that, as you mature, others will understand why you had to do what you had to do, even if it goes against what they wanted. I think that's what John is saying here. John is saying, always, Always, more than anything else, be true to yourself. And I think John lives that, and he wants us to live it too, because he knows that'll bring us happiness. And what he, he knows that'll bring us happiness. And what more does John Cena want than our happiness? Nothing. That's his goal. He wants everyone to be happy. He's inspiring. And each week he inspires us through his tweets. Thank you, John. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena's inspiring tweet of the week. It will inspire you. He will inspire you because he's John Cena. And this is his inspiring tweet of the week. John Cena will inspire you with his tweets. I feel refreshed spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally. I am refreshed in every way that one can be refreshed. And we are heading straight towards a break here. I want to thank all the fans that came out to check the podcast live. Check out the podcast live today. Let's hear them. Yeah, let's hear it for yourselves, guys. You're the real heroes. Yeah. All right. Uh, but before I go to break, 
there is something that I feel like I should address. Uh, came to my attention this week from loyal staffers did uh, found out some information and they told me. So Vito, the vegan Guido, my producer, one of my producers, can you come in here for a second? All right, there he is. He's walking through the hall. I see him. He'll be right in. Yeah, put put the mic on. Okay, thank you. You, what do you want, Spud? Well, Vito, um, it's come to my attention this week. Uh, I don't. I figured we should do this on air. I think that's the best way to do it. Um, have you sent? And this, please answer this question honestly. Have you sent any emails this week? I send emails all the time, Spud. I got a lot of stuff I do. Okay, have you sent any emails from your uh, alpaca business account? Again, Spud, people want alpacas, I send them emails. I don't know what your problem is. You're being very defensive here, Vito. I, I don't want this to be defensive. I want to I wanna hash this out. Now, Vito, did you send a message to Potato Podcast saying that you're going to ambush me with his call on the podcast this week. Did you do that? But I, you, you know you know what the truth is, okay? You know what the truth is. I'm not going to deny it. I'd be a gavajo if I denied it. Why Why did you do that? Why, why didn't you come to me? You could have... Why, why? Why did you do this? Because you weren't treating him right, Spud. And I think you need to be taken down a peg. You weren't treating him right, and you don't treat me right, to be honest with you. Vito, I gave you a job. I let you on here whenever you want. And as far as he goes, he, what does he deserve? He's an obsessed podcaster. Okay, and I finally, I think I've got him to leave me alone. And then you go and send this email. Did he respond to you? Well, that's none of your business, bud. Oh, so if I keep you here, are you going to put a call through later that I don't know about? I mean, you can. You have my permission now. Put him through whenever he wants. I mean... If it's really him, he's called up with recordings. He had people come in here, I guess, or that was him. I don't know. Do we even know if you're talking to the real guy? Yeah, I'm talking to the real guy, Spud. I know him. I trust him. More than you. Oh, Vito. Cut. Oh, Vito, come on. What is this? What, why? What, what are you doing? No one's been good, better to you than me. And this guy is some psycho who's obsessed with me. He probably just wants to get to me through you. I don't. You must have some kind of relationship with him if you're sending him, the, sending him this email. But that's none of your business, okay? It's none of your business what I do. Actually, it's exactly my business if you do it for this podcast. So have him call whenever you want. Go ahead. He, he, he thinks, I don't know what he thinks, but he's obviously scared of me if he's had recordings and other people come in and all this stuff. But the real potato, if I've met him or if I haven't met him yet, I don't know, have him call me in and do his best. And I'll send him away like the others. I'm a professional shock jock, Vito. Do you think I care about him? Oh, he's going to take you down, Spud. He's going to take you down. Well, be my guest. If he has the courage to call in, tell him to take me down. But Vito, I don't know, I don't know what your future is. I'm going to have to think about that. I'm going to leave you on today, because if you want to put him through, go ahead and put him through. If you can get him. But after that, I don't know. And, you know, we got this new PD coming in. I don't need this kind of infighting. I really don't. It might be better to cut you loose. You can't do this podcast without me, Spud. You can't do it. I'm like the, 
the tofu and the vegan lasagna. You need me. Vito, you got a pretty high uh, opinion of yourself. I, um, I, I don't want to belabor this point. Our podcast, our podcast fans, our adorable boy disciples, they want content. And I can't stay here arguing with you all day. But just know that I got a decision to make regarding you. And, you know, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do what's best for the podcast. That's what I do. Always. Just know that. All right, Vito. Yeah, get out of studio. Go. I don't want to see you. You know, the podcast business is fickle. Vito, yeah, go. Out the door. Thank you. Anyway, this uh, podcast business is fickle, you know? It's uh, it's not easy, and, and there, there are backstabbers, and there are people that do that to you. I don't know what I'm going to do with Vito. Maybe if the adorable, adorable boy disciples want to reach out and give me some suggestions, I'm open to them. I'd love to hear them. But it just hurts, you know, because I, I gave him a chance. I gave him a job. I put him on before he had the job here. I put him on for segments. I let him advertise. I mean, they were fake advertisements, but they were advertisements. And there's no loyalty there, apparently. And it's, it's hard to, you know, I, I'm, I know you hear the podcast and you think, oh, boy, you know, that guy, he's superhuman. But, you know, I'm not. I'm human. And perhaps getting hurt like this, getting betrayed like this. You see, I'm even more so than most people. I'm even more human than most people. I'm probably the most human, actually. Anyway, all right, we're going to go to break, and I'm going to collect myself after this betrayal. Um, we got a great show coming up for you. We got, we're talking about Biden and his misadventures. We, uh, we got a game plan for you. You're going to love it. I'm not even going to give you the name, but it's awesome. Um... Maybe we'll go back and visit our old friend AOC, teach her some more about economics, um, and so much more. Thank you for joining us on this Adorable Boy podcast, and we will be back after this. Hudson Varnado with Antifa Acres, and none of this is real. Is the slow fading out of mask mandates causing you to inch closer to mental breakdown? Does the thought of being within 100 yards of a maskless person send shivers down your overly curved spine? Do you wish to go back to 2020 when you could freely post your disdain for non-masking right-wing snowflakes and receive unmitigated praise from other mentally ill individuals? We at Antifa Acres Mental Hospital understand what you're feeling, and we're here to help. Studies show that being around a maskless savage increases your chance of dying at the hands of coronavirus by 1100%. You need a safe space to protect you from the microbe for which you already have received four vaccinations. Antifa Acres is the place for you. During your stay at Antifa Acres, you can enjoy compulsory masking 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. You will eat, sleep, and mindlessly swallow whatever talking point you are given in a completely masked up environment. 
still need to vent your aggression? Try our wailing room, where we have 37 TVs all tuned to Fox News so you can yell at dumb Republicans whenever you want. Antifa Acres is poised to handle all of your basic needs so that you can concentrate on all of the demons who refuse to wear a mask in the real world. We've set aside a 3,000 square foot cafeteria space that is completely non-operational. Though you may enjoy eating in your normal life, we at Antifa Acres believe that the act of eating in a post-COVID world is a right-wing conspiracy meant to spread coronavirus more effectively. So at Antifa Acres, you'll never eat. This will not only keep you safe from COVID, but it will give you a wonderful moment of clarity right before you pass out, then die from malnutrition. Some right-wing nuts think this is an extreme measure, but you're not a fascist, are you? And when you do die, we can just blame it on Trump. Life is hard. COVID is worse. Death is liberation. The Antifa COVID retreat is a premier place for intelligent atheist science believers to avoid life and those who enjoy it. This is Spud, the Adorable Boy Podcast, and we are back, ready to give you some adorable entertainment. And, you know, let's get right into it. We do this every few weeks. We discuss a time when quarterback NFL legend, NFL quarterback legend, whatever way you want to make that sentence, you do it. I'm giving you the ability to construct a sentence on your favorite podcast. How lucky are you? But anyway, this is the time when we look... At NFL legend quarterback. There we go. Boomer Esiason. And we think about a time when he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. He was okay. 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 Boomer. Yes. Let's discuss this time when Boomer Esiason was just Okay. Okay, for this edition of OK Boomer, we are going to take you back to uh, Thursday, December 4th, 1997. Boomer Esiason was playing with the Arizona Cardinals. They were playing the Tennessee Titans. Maybe they were the Oilers back then. I don't remember. The Cardinals, Boomer's team, won 41-14. Boomer was 20-28 for for 245 yards. Uh, One touchdown, no interception. Now that good, good, very good numbers, but he was just okay that day, as opposed to a few weeks later uh, against well the next week actually against the Eagles, when his team actually lost, but he had great stats. He had 378 yards, four TDs, one interception. But we're not talking about that Eagles game because he was great in that game. We're talking a game against Tennessee that Boomer won, and he was just okay. Okay, Boomer. You can't see it at home, but I actually like to dance to that song. It just gets me going, you know what I'm saying? And I'm sure it gets you going, too, for some more fun on the Adorable Boy podcast. All right, I love OK Boomer. 
one of my favorite things to do. But another exciting moment here coming up. It is just exciting moment after exciting moment here on the Adorable Boy podcast. So earlier I told you that we were going to go back to our shock jock roots. We've been doing it ever since, you know, we started this podcast, but I think it's time to kick it up a notch. And that's exactly what we're doing. New PD, new lease on life. And of course, one of the, our favorite standby shock jock things that we've ever done are games. Love playing games on the radio. Love getting the callers involved. So here we go. We're going to play this new game that we came up with. And the winner, we're just going just gonna to try it out just one, one round just to whet your, your appetite. Of course, we'll bring this back because it will be successful. And we'll have many more. If the contestant wins, they will receive an Adorable Boy prize pack. A coveted Adorable Boy prize pack. So, here we go. It is time to play the new game that we call One of These Things is Not Like the Otter. One of these things is not like the otter. One of these things is not like the otter. One of these things is not like the otter. One of these things is not like the otter. All right. The rules are simple. I am going to play our contestants three sound clips. They're going to have to tell me, is it an otter or is it not an otter? Two will be otter sounds. One will not be. They pick the one that isn't an otter sound, the one that's not like the otter, and they win a lovely, adorable boy prize pack. Are we ready, Frank and Beans? We got the caller online. Yeah? All right. All right. Caller, what is your name? Sandy. Wonderful. Beautiful name. I love it. Okay, I'm going to play you. You know the rules? I'm going to play you three sound clips. You tell me which one isn't the otter. You're walking away with an adorable boy prize pack. All right, here we go. Clip the first. All right, there's number one. Here is number two. And now number three. All right, so all you got to do is tell me which one is not the otter. Number one. Oh, I am sorry. It is not number one. No, yes. Oh, yeah. Number one is an otter. I'll play that again. I guess it's some kind of baby otter. Number two. This is number two. Also an otter. Number three. And this was a tough one. Number three was actually the, uh, the, the TV call for the 1980 uh, Winter Olympics where the USA team beat the Soviet team. So thank you for playing. Thank you so much. Give us a call back for another game. And we'll give away this adorable boy prize pack. All right, adorable boy disciples. I hope you liked this initial edition of a game we call One of These Things is Not Like the Otter. One of these things is not like the otter. One of these things is not like the otter. One of these things is not like the otter. One of these things is not like the otter. Now that was fun, wasn't it, Frankenbeans? I know you weren't here for the old days, but it really was. It, it harkened me back to the shock jock days of yore. Y-O-R-E. That's how you spell that. 
All right. I can't wait. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be an adorable boy, Siple. It's an exciting time to be an adorable boy, frankly. So there we go. Okay. Now, you may have heard this week. We're moving on to the next thing. Very quick. Very, you got to keep up. Keep up with the, with, with the adorable boys. You have to. Because we went right from shock jockery. Now we're going into something else. Anyway, I thought I'd narrate, I guess. You may have heard this week that uh, President Joe Biden wrote a letter to oil companies saying that they need to get their prices down. Now, the adorable boys have strategic operatives placed everywhere. We had a, a, a recording device set up inside the office of the guy who was tasked to write this letter, because obviously the president didn't write it himself. But um, so I'm going to play you this audio, exclusive audio, I think, of, um, of the president's letter writer uh, who, who wrote this letter to the oil companies. So let's hear it. Let's start it. I'm not quite sure why the Hail to the Chief is playing, but um, hey, you know. All right. Cut. Okay, now I want to get into something a little more serious here. Um, I found an interview with uh, former presidential hopeful and politician, First Lady Hillary Clinton, done by the Financial Times, and it really, really annoyed me, and I decided I'd bring it to you, because I think it's important. So first of all, let me say this. Anyone who does interviews for magazines, I don't care what the setting of your, ma of your interview was. Go this this specifically, and I've seen it many times before. They go into great detail. Oh well, she was sitting at the table, and the napkin was folded. I don't care. I don't care what she orders. I don't care what you order. I don't care what is said. As far as if you want wine or not, I don't care. It's pretentious. It's stupid. I'm sure journalism schools tell you to do those kinds of things, but it's awful, and I want it to stop now. And I will not take no for an answer. See, I just banged on my desk. I'm so mad. Uh, it's just, here, let me give you an example here. Let me find it in this. Uh, they whisked me past her secret service detail to a semi-enclosed dining area of the Blue Duck Tavern, the hotel's, the hotel's Michelin-starred locally sourced restaurant. I don't care about any of that. You want to say where the interview was? Go ahead. Say the Blue Duck Tavern, whatever. Clinton is chatting. Who stayed on, blah, blah, blah. Oh, here's a good thing. Here we go. Uh, Clinton goes to the iced tea. She asks the waitress whether the chilled summer green soup is cream-based or pureed. Who the hell cares? And nothing to do with the interview. You're talking to one of the most powerful women on the planet. We don't need to know about her, her inquiry into the soup. It's stupid. All right. So there's a few things about this article I want to point out. Let me pick some parts out of it here. All right. First thing I want to do is uh, show the ridiculous bias in this interview. Here, here's a paragraph. 
She has faced a generation of fruitless inquiries, starting with the 90s probe into the Clinton's whitewater real estate investments, uh, blah, blah, blah. Then the Benghazi hearings into the killing of U.S. ambassador and three other Americans while she was secretary of state. Uh, the acquittal of a Clinton campaign legal advisor to the charge of improperly influencing the FBI to investigate Trump, whatever. So this author is taking for granted that everyone knows that the Clintons did nothing wrong with Whitewater, which I don't know, legally I'm sure they've never been told, but I don't think anyone really knows that for sure. Uh, that she was completely faultless on Benghazi when there's some pretty good evidence that she didn't do all she could, she could do there, whether it was inco- incompetence or whatever else it could have been. But this article is, is coming at you with, all of that is false, just know that. That's real, real unbiased journalism. Please tell us more about the soup she had. Cream-based pureed? I need to know. Okay, now, what I, the, the real interesting part and important part of this article, I think, and I'm going to get into right here, and what I'm telling you here is that they are subtly getting everyone ready for violence that will be excused by the left side. I'm telling you, it's just a whole bunch of little things. And, you know, if this abortion, uh, if Roe v. Wade gets overturned, there's going to be violence that they're going to excuse. They're going to say, oh, these aren't real. This isn't real violence. All of this stuff. They're getting people ready for violence. And maybe the Roe v. Wade thing is a precursor. Because what I think she's doing here in this article is subtly getting us ready for if the Democrats don't win in 2024 for, for violence. Worse than the little garbage we saw on January 6th. Much worse. And it will be excused by the media and it will not be investigated. Because the Republicans are just as useless as the Democrats. So here we go. I'm going to tell you why I said that. Why I say that. Okay, here. Here's a quote. One state, and this is hard to even speak about, she says, would require the woman to get the permission of her rapist before aborting. Now, I, maybe that's true. I actually don't know. I, I, I doubt it, but maybe it's true. And whatever. They don't, they don't give the state. They don't give the law. They don't give anything. They're just getting people riled up. Hey, they're not saying where this, this proposal is. It could be at the very lowest level and will be easily swiped away. What they want article readers to know is that you're going to need to get a permission from the guy who raped you to get an abortion in, in some state, some state that they won't name. That's what she's doing. This is, this is a, 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 a call to violence, in my opinion. It's vague. It can't be confirmed or denied because she's not saying who or where. And I guess it could be, but... But again, they're not saying who or where. And the people who are her followers who are reading this article will come out with that quote and be ready to, to be violent. So there's one example. There, there are more, though. Oh, but wait, here's a very important part of the article. Having been told the soup is cream-based, Clinton skips the soup and goes to the jumbo lump crab cake with salad. Oh, boy, it's a great thing. After this, this call to violence... That now we know what kind of soup and sal- or whatever. She didn't have the soup. No, no, no. No soup for her. Apparently pureed is the way to go for old Hillary. But now we know the salad with crab that she had. Great. After the call to violence, in my opinion. Okay, let me read this other part to you. I tell Clinton that on learning of her defeat in 2016, my then nine-year-old daughter stopped taking my word as gospel. I had somewhat rashly reassured her that Trump would not win. So then Clinton is quoted... It's really remarkable how often I'm told stories like that and how often I'm reading sometime, something like a work of fiction set in modern times. And 2016 is a traumatic event. 
Clinton says, it is a break in history. It's such a piece of unfinished business. Now, there are a few things here I want to get into. First of all, if, you, if your daughter, first of all, I'm sure your daughter never stopped taking whatever you said as gospel. Or if she did, I'm sure the 2016 alleged election has nothing to do with that. It's ridiculous. If your daughter does know about this stuff, you're an idiot. She has a, an entire lifetime to be weighed down by this garbage, and you're giving it to her as a child. That, that's one of the worst things you could do to your kid. Your kid shouldn't care about Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton at nine. It, you're stupid, and you're probably lying anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But anyway, so here's, here's Hillary's ego. And this isn't exactly a call to violence. It's just showing, the, showing how damaged this woman is, that she is so obsessed with losing in 2016, she was entitled to it. She knew she was going to be president, and Donald Trump took it from her. And now people listen to her, and she's mad. And that's why she said the thing like she said. And that's why they don't care about violence. They really don't. And you all, everyone knows that. And in my opinion, from what I see, and I could be wrong, I'm always up, you know, to be proven wrong. I think this article, countless other articles that will come out in years to come, and I've come out already. They're all subtly preparing everyone, subtly riling up the left, the mentally ill, to get ready to commit violence. And it will be excused by the media, and it will be excused by the politicians. All right, here's another good one, or, you know, bad one, I would say. Let me read this to you. With an eye on the likely coming reversal of Roe v. Wade, blah, 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 I asked Clinton how far such unfinished business is likely to go. And then she says, if you go down the rabbit hole of far-right intellectuals, you see that birth control, gay marriage, all of it is at risk, she replies. Okay, first of all, a guy like Trump, if that's who you're talking about, I don't know if that's who you're talking about, has no desire to stop birth control, has no desire to stop gay marriage. We all know that. She knows that. Most, I would say most right-wing people are fine with birth control and less, but probably still most, are okay with gay marriage. The freedom for it. Maybe they don't agree with it, maybe they don't like it, but they agree that legally gay people have the right to marry. But again, her followers, these ignorant lefties, will see the quote in this, all of that is at risk. He's going to take, the right if they win are going to take everything from you. And, you know, and they're not saying it, but I think the implication is, so if they're going to take everything from you, you better do everything to stop them. And is violence out of the question? I don't hear it. I don't hear anyone saying anything about not being violent. In my opinion, this is a call to violence. It is. When you say things like this that are unfounded, that are mostly not true, are there right-wingers who are against gay marriage? Of course there are. Are there ones who are against birth control? Sure. But the majority are for those things. And if, if, as long as we don't keep getting more and more radical, it will likely stay that way. And things will get better. But they don't really care about things getting better. They care about them controlling things. And if they have to use violence, well, there you go. All right. It goes on. What is the Christian rights endgame? Christian right. Boy, they really got that to stick, didn't they? What is the Christian rights endgame, I ask? Presumably, they would not be able to create the, bio, the theological dystopia depicted in some, The Handmaiden's Tale or whatever. I don't really care. I'm sorry if I'm not professional, but, you know, I'm a shock jock, so whatever. My question triggers a passionate response. Clinton speaks about how some states will make it illegal to abort after rape if Roe v. Wade is overturned. One state, and that's what she has that quote from before. 
Others plan to criminalize women who have the procedure in states where it is legal. Okay, so if you're an unbalanced left-winger, as we know there are many, you're reading this and you're seeing the right-wing plans to turn the United States into a dystopian place mirroring Margaret Atwood's novel. Um, some states will make it illegal to abort after rape and incest. And then, of course, asking your permission, asking the rapist permission to abort. You don't have to ask the father's permission to abort, even if it wasn't rape. But apparently she knows of a place where this is happening. And it's in, I, maybe it is happening, but I, I can almost guarantee you, and I don't know. I didn't look this up. I should have. But I bet you, it, if this exists, it is on the lowest rung, and it will be swiped away. Because it is ridiculous. But look, there we go again. The, the right wing wants to create a dystopian future where you can't abort, and you, even if you get raped or whatever. So what are you going to do about it? You got to do everything you can, right? Violence? I don't know. You got to do what you got to do. Ugh. Oh, the Christian right thing, too. I said at some point, th those words, I don't know, the left wing must have a great marketing department. It just annoys me. It's such a hack thing to say. There are plenty of right wingers who aren't Christians. Libertarians are right wingers. They're not Christians for the most part. All right. What else do we have here? Oh, wait a second. News bulletin. Wait. Very important part of this article. Clinton requests extra crab for her salad and uh, more iced tea. So there we go. That solves everything. Woo. Good that we dodged a bullet on that one. Political discourse is now great. Because this wonder, this hero of a journalist put that in this article. Ugh. You stink. All right, there's a lot more garbage in this article. It's all, and we'll, we'll sum it up in a second. But I, I just wanted to point out one other part. Um, she, this article says that she believes that Putin helped Trump win in 2016, but I, I mean, it was on, I was under the impression that elections can't be tampered, tampered, that was a rough one, huh? Tampered with. I was under that impression, but apparently it could have happened in 2016, definitely not in 2020. But anyway, she believed that Putin helped him win because Clinton insulted him once in the early 2000s, I guess, I don't even know, um, at, a, at a dinner or something. This psychopath, this insane person, believes that the leader of Russia interfered in a U.S. election just because Hillary Clinton insulted him. This is what she has to believe. She can't believe she lost. She will not accept it. So apparently it was because she called Putin a dum-dum or something in the early 2000s. This woman is insane. We really dodged a bullet on her. I keep saying dodged a bullet, but... You know. So anyway, let's let's sum this up. What I think, what I get from this article. I think that this, you'll see a lot of them, and maybe I'll point them out when I find them. Subtly, these people are subtly preparing us for violence in the short term, in the days to come, if if Roe v. Wade is overturned. And then in, in 2024, maybe even the, in the midterms this year. She's saying, if the right wins... They will take away all of your liberty, and you can't let that stand. That's what I'm getting from this. And while obviously it's not outwardly advocating for violence, I think the, the effects are known to them if they take this strategy. And I think the only antidote is to call it out. It's not to be violent with them. It's not to make our own plans for violence. 
We have to be reasonable. We have to, we have to be better. Because if we're not better, then the whole thing collapses. And when I say we, I say all adorable boy disciples, all reasonable people. Doesn't matter if you're Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. We want the reasonable ones so that we can go on with this country, because I'd rather like it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty partial to this country. It's given me a lot. It's afforded me a lot of niceties. Mansions, cars, everything I have. So yeah, I'd like to keep this country, and I'd like to be against violence like that. Yes, sir. All right. I'm glad we got that out there. I'm glad we talked about that. I feel better. I feel so good that we got to take a break. Those two don't really make sense. But anyway, we do have to take a break. That's the fact. So we will be back with more of the Adorable Boy... Adorable. Whoa. Stumbled over my tongue there, didn't I? More of the Adorable Boy podcast. Uh, get in touch with us on Twitter at Adorable Podcast. Truth Social at Adorable Podcast. Uh, Gmail. Adorablepodcast at gmail.com. AOL keyword Adorable Boy Podcast. Thank you for joining us on the Adorable Boy Podcast, and we will be back after this. Wonderful. Live read time. What do we got here? Oh, Alexander Hamilton Beer. Boy, do we love Alexander Hamilton Beer here at the Adorable Boy Podcast. Now, we don't drink, but we do recognize the greatness of this particular beer. They use great hops and great barley to, to give you what you need in a beer, just like the Adorable Boys give you what you need in a podcast. So this summer, you go into the ball game, you go into the beach, you bring a cooler of Alexander Hamilton beers, and you're going to have an all-American summer. That's what you're going to have. Take it from me, Spud Adorableski. Alexander Hamilton beer. Tis one hell of a beer. We'll be back on the Adorable Boy Podcast. Because I don't think you should do every show in a reboot. Why, you know? why not? They the are. only reason, by the way, you know why they do reboots, right? You know that. The, the only reason why they do it is because they can't promote them. They can't promote a new show. How do you launch a new show with all this fragmentation? So you have to have something that people recognize. Right. So and I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I'm still waiting to see what happens with the, with the sequel to Who's the Boss. Right, it's that's more, supposed it's, to happen, It's not right? a reboot. No. All right, we are back. Going to finish up this edition of the Adorable Boy Podcast. Yes, we've done so much today. We've had so much fun. But all good things must come to an end. Still got some more in the tank for you, though. And I'm going to leave it all out there. As I do every week for my Adorable Boy disciples. Yes. All right, let's talk about some goings-on. Yes, the goings-on. The comings and goings in our country right now. 
in the news. New York is in the news. A uh, Supreme Court ruling stated that the because uh, in New York, if you don't know this already, to get a concealed carry permit, you have to demonstrate a, spe- a, a specific need. So, like, let's say you're a celebrity like me. Uh, if I lived in New York, I I would have to say, you know, people are out. I, my fame puts me in danger. I need to protect myself, and I'd probably get it. Other than that, though, it's very difficult to get a concealed carry permit in New York, but not anymore because the Supreme Court ruled that that's not right. It's not constitutional, and you no longer have to uh, exhibit that specific need. Um, I agree with this. You know that that seems like a it seems like a unnecessary um, limit on the Second Amendment, right? And I think that's been the law in New York for, since 1911. I don't know that it makes anything less safe. Maybe it even might make things more safe there. I don't know if good people are allowed to carry guns. I think the bad people have them anyway, as you know. I don't think this is going to put any more guns out there on the street in the hands of people who want to commit crimes. But I do think it might arm a few good people, and who knows. Um, that's a microcosm of the ongoing debate in our country. In fact, I believe they're about to pass uh, gun, the first gun law legislation since the 90s, I believe. And uh, everyone's either very happy or very mad about it. The only thing I know is that it's not going to solve the problem. There will be mass shootings. Gun legislation will not solve our mass shooting problem in this country. It just won't. You know, end of story. In my opinion, I have spoken. Um, President Biden fell off a bike. No surprise there. Surprised he can walk. Also, I mean, any that Supreme Court came out, the Supreme Court ruling came out for New York. Uh, one is probably apparently going to come out from uh, about the Roe v. Wade overturning it. Um, no one seems to care where the leak came from in the Supreme Court. Uh, but now I think they're in a very t- difficult position. Um, you overturn it and there's going to be riots, there's going to be violence. That'll be excused by many. You don't overturn it and basically what's the point of the Supreme Court if they can be terrorized into doing what others want them to do? So that's the choice. I think it's clear you got to overturn it. You have to if that's what you know what, what we were doing, what you were doing. Because... You know, we can't let terror rule. What's the point of the court? There is no court, basically. Um, so that's that. Ukraine, war in Ukraine is going on. We don't hear much about it, I guess. Uh, just every once in a while until they need to use that, I guess, more. The news or whatever. What else do we have going on here? Uh, I want to talk about something I saw on Twitter, too. There's... um. He's a guy, if you ever listen to the Howard Stern show in the old days, his name is Stuttering John. And uh, he's very much despised, on Twitter at least, from what I see. And apparently some trolls were getting some of his comedy gigs canceled, you know, in real life. They were calling comedy clubs. I don't know what they were doing. I don't think, uh, this guy Stuttering John, he very much, in his history of, of using people, and that I've seen anyway. This is my opinion, all my opinion. But, you know, he worked for Howard Stern and, and was kind of a kind of a barnacle. That's what he is. He's a barnacle on people. And he, he uses them. And then when he's done with them, though, then he always badmouths them. So he badmouthed Howard Stern afterwards, which I get. 
You know, that makes sense. But then he's badmouthed everyone else. He was friends with uh, Anthony from Opie and Anthony. Now he badmouths him. He was friends with Opie from Opie and Anthony. Badmouths him. He just kind of goes one person to the next person, constantly badmouthing people. Um, and his, his political views are juvenile at best. And they're annoying. And a lot of people don't like him. There's, uh, there's a great podcast out there. It's called Who Are These Podcasts? And they play John's podcast all the time and make fun of it. And it's hilarious. I suggest you listen to it. John's podcast is really nothing more than than him rambling. Uh, 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 upper middle-aged, almost approaching elderly, I think. Man rambling about things that no one cares about. And who are these podcasts really makes fun of him. It's funny. And then you have, uh, there's another one called Radio Gunk. They had a run-in with John. Well, she, it's a woman, I'm pretty sure. No, I know it's a woman. She's very funny. Um, and she had a run-in with John. She, uh, I think at, at one point they were friendly. Now they're not. But anyway, uh, I kind of just want to talk about this because it's funny to watch people make fun of this guy stuttering John, and I like to listen to it. Um, but you shouldn't, I don't, I don't believe in getting people's real gigs canceled. I think his lack of talent, you know, should allow him to fizzle out in the, in the business naturally. I don't, you know, you, you, you cross it over from internet into real life and it's, it's creepy and it could get very dangerous. And I don't, I don't agree with that, but I, I just kind of wanted to talk about starting John there. He's just kind of annoying, but I do, I do mean that point. You shouldn't mess with people in real life. Um, I guess that's it. We can leave it there for this week. I had a great time. I hope you did too. Um, as always, we can't do it without you. All the adorable boy disciples, millions and millions strong. We're in 90 cities and London and we're just, we're killing it. Now we got a new program director. We really, things are looking up and it's all because of you guys. So thank you from the bottom of my adorable heart for all the support. Um, we got another great show coming up next week. We're going to attack Cornet and his kowtowing. Um, I have an AOC video. I want to educate her some more. I'm, I, I, we couldn't get to it this week, but we will get to it next week. I promise. And so much more shock jockery for you, our fans. So thank you for joining us this week on the Adorable Boy Podcast. And I can't wait to see you again next week, friends. I can't wait to be adorable with you once more. See you next week.